everybody. Welcome to Last Believer, a podcast about good riddance. I'm one host, Josh Lindley, and my other host is me, Dan. This week we'll be talking about the song Shame from the album My Republic, uh, just for today from the Gidget 7-inch. And also this week we'll be talking about Think of Me, which I know I said we were going to talk about last week. Uh, thanks for all the DMs, everybody. Uh, of course, last week we did This is the Light instead. This week, I promise, we're talking about Think of Me from A Comprehensive Guide to Modern Rebellion. Dan, if people want to reach out to us and let us know about, say, me saying the wrong song title in the intro, how do they do that? That is an excellent question. Uh, I did think that was pretty funny. Um, even listening back to the episode, I was like, oh, yeah, we didn't, uh, he didn't like punch in and change it. But, if no. yeah, just a quick reminder that we love hearing from you. Uh, if you have any constructive criticism, questions, concerns, or something that you feel that we got wrong, or anything you'd like to kind of talk about or discuss, whatever it is, shoot us an email at lastbelieverpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on Instagram at lastbelieverpod, where you can also slide into our DMs if you want to chat about something as well. Uh, while you're just on the internet, we'd love it if you would take the time to subscribe to the pod uh, and drop a five-star review, even if it's something as easy as, like, tight... Or just anything, you know, it really helps us in the algorithm for people to find us. Uh, but really what also helps people finding us more than anything is uh, tell a friend about the pod that might enjoy us two bozos talking about uh, old punk songs. Last but certainly not least, uh, your boys have a Patreon. So we've been working on solidifying all the tiers and all the cool stuff. Um, but we do have some cool stuff coming down the pipe. Uh, like episodes with guests talking about side projects, like the Al episode we had before, and some other things that we're not ready to launch yet, but it's coming. Check it out. It's patreon.com slash lastbelieverpod. Uh, and just to remind you guys, like we're not, uh, sorry, just to remind you folks, uh, we're not doing the Patreon for any financial gain or anything. We're just recouping costs for hosting the pod. Um, you know, should we ever get to the point where there's a surplus uh, we'll talk to the patrons and see who uh, who they think we should give back to. Dan, how do you spell yeah. tight? How many E's in tight? It's not E's, it's I's, and I put eight when I wrote this out. Eight. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> uh, while you're poking around online, uh, <laughs> keeping it super punk, we have a Spotify playlist. Uh, the playlist is made up of not just the good written songs that we're talking about, but also other stuff that comes up throughout the episode. Another thing I want to mention, people DMing and, and me actually doing research outside of just uh, liner notes and Wikipedia pages for this uh, podcast. Last week, I talked about how I get stuck looking at drummer playthrough videos. And mm -hmm. I mentioned how fun it is. I mean, same thing with Think of Me this week, but uh, I get stuck in drummer playthrough videos. And I found a guy. His name is Kyle. We will put the... We'll put the link in the show notes. But this dude, in five minutes, plays through almost every good written song. Oh, is this Kai from Australia? It's maybe. I, I didn't. Oh, okay. I didn't hear his. I couldn't hear his accent through his uh, one and a half seconds of playing every good written song. <laughs> uh, I only say yeah, that because so, his, his page has like his playthroughs of quite a few. Um, discographies if you will like yeah there it's we very go. Cool. that, that very sounds cool. it sounds like him that sounds that sounds about right so anyway we're gonna put a link to that in the show notes dan anything else you want to talk about before we jump in 
I mean, I feel like we just kind of did a big mouthful, but uh, other than that, like, how was your week, man? It's been, uh, I feel like it's, it feels like it's been longer than a week. I, I've done a couple big mouthfuls since the last time we talked. <laughs> uh yeah okay yeah whatever i mean you know uh okay <laughs> song number one uh song number one shame from the album my republic which came out in 2006 russ luke chuck sean bill stevenson produced but in california not fort collins uh dan what'd you think of this one i mean i like that there's a little break um from the heaviness from the topics that we had last week I was listening to last week's episode last night, and we both just sounded exasperated. Um, <laughs> you know, and, it, and not not in a negative way in terms of like, oh, we hate doing this, but just in terms of, you know, uh, just the topics we've been talking about. We're just like, fuck, nothing's sh-. like we just sounded really like <sighs> on a I'm positive fucking note. Over it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And on a positive note, this is, um, you know, it's a. I like this, you know, it's like a little mid-tempo, like head bopper of a jam. I just found myself, you know, just bopping around and like, it sounds like it could have been a hit or something like on alternative radio, like something they would have put out as a single, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially like you have like the, what am I supposed to do chorus? That's so easy to remember and to sing along to. Um, I was re-listening to the songs very quickly before we jumped on the call and, you know, go into my little fridge to, uh, crack, a, an adult soda and, uh, I just found myself singing along to yeah just like just singing along. i was like man okay this is cool this is cool so i feel like it could have been like a single and then again to go back on it not really being as heavy of a song it's still not lighthearted by any stretch no. um like no no and like you know i kind of got like um an iron chic type of vibe specifically time keeps on slipping um mm-hmm. you know but that might more so just be lyrics about a job that you fucking burns your soul. Um, yeah. yeah. So like just the whole thing about like, it really hit hard for me specifically, you know, as we were talking off mic, like just working way too much may or may not be self-medicating, uh, which also could be a nod to like the opioid ep- epidemic in the U S as well. Um, mm. but yeah, like, I mean, like, I don't know, I have a lot of ruined relationships, both like friends and romantic relationships, from like yeah just working too hard and self-medicating and uh you know before growing up so yeah this one really hit me like it was it was a good one and if it was not a single i feel like it should have been i think it could have been like well received in terms of uh like a pop rock hit yeah oh for sure this song to me it sounds like it's i'm gonna deal with lyrics first but sure for the most part totally agree this song to me sounds like it's from the perspective of someone that like you were saying, has like an office job, you know, going totally the other direction from last week's shame, rights and privilege. Also two songs with shame in the title two weeks in a row. I noted that too. I figured one of us would say it and I, or I deferred to you, I should say. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter who says it. What does it mean? Uh, anyway. And that song was from the perspective of someone who couldn't fit in and make life work for them. Instead, this song shame uh, <laughs> seems to be someone you know, a, a character that has done everything right. They went to school. They got whatever certificates. They wrote a resume. They used their skills. And now they realize that despite doing all of that, they just don't feel complete. Um, of course. You know, they're, they're like you said, they're taking drugs to feel normal. They aren't suffering from any, like, obvious uh, mental illness. They're just kind of going through life, which may 
in itself be a form of mental illness, but like that's I'm not at all qualified to talk about that. The song ends, like you're saying, though, on a really hopeful note. I don't know about your work specifically, Dan. You and I do very different things for work generally, mm -hmm. but I know that in bars and restaurants, we're all guilty of placing so much pressure on ourselves to make sure that you're working as efficiently as possible. Even if you don't give a shit about the people that you're serving and, you know, different people have different ideas of what hospitality and service mean or whatever, but restaurants are a little different because there is like an immediate interaction where you can see what your work does to the people around you. Whereas if you're working in a cubicle or working remotely, Dan, uh, <laughs> carry, carrying that kind of pressure to perform must be just like a weird different kind of crushing that I can't really identify with, which is why the end of the song, when he talks about everything is changing and he won't be around when the sky falls. Uh, I know that a lot of times in bars and restaurants, when stuff isn't going right, it feels like the sky is falling. And I don't know if you feel the same thing because as we've established, you work remotely and like, I don't know if you, how the pressure of performing properly, how that relates to you and your work the same way in the same way, or if in the same way that it relates to working in bars and restaurants. Yeah. I mean, I can't comment if it's the same way because I don't have the same pressure of having worked full time <clears throat> in a bar or restaurant. Um, but I mean like this time last year, thinking you know the pandemic would be over soon um yeah. and i'm working from home and you know like not sitting at a proper desk and just sitting at a kitchen table like just you know fucking up like my back and working on a shitty laptop and you know it's there but there was a lot of pressure it's like well you're not working you know fast enough or whatever uh but realistically it's like okay as soon as i get a little desk get a computer chair get a second monitor all of a sudden you know, the pressure kind of alleviates in terms of it, it just in terms of like efficiency, kind of what you're saying. Um, but I mean, like me personally, I work way too much, whether it's my nine to five job or even before the pandemic. Um, you know, I worked at uh, an axe throwing facility as a coach and as a league runner. And I would pick up bar gigs every now and again. And yeah, but I've literally been told that from like partners being like, yeah, I can't see there being any future with you. And it's just basically from, yeah, kind of this whole thing of, you know, put myself through the the ringer to get the position and then work and work and work and work and prioritize differently and then self-medicate when I'm not working. And fuck, am I ever glad I kind of grew up a little bit and I've slowed down <laughs> up somewhat. So the realization that you know, you're doing something that just doesn't do it for you and your life maybe feels like it's a little wasted just because you have the ability and privilege to continue working. It doesn't necessarily mean you need to. And then when you right. get to and then when you get to leave that situation, which like you're saying, like you keep referring to it as growing up. But, you know, whatever that means for anybody, it's like you get to leave that situation that inspires hope. And like what you just said, even just coming to those realizations, it's like, that's hopeful. And I think uh, in the song Shame, the music follows that same sort of arc that you just described about yourself, which I think is pretty cool. It wasn't mm -hmm. exactly what I meant when I was going into it, but here we are. Uh, everything comes in at once. When the song starts, there's no intro. You're like, you're right in it. 
which also I don't know about you, but I feel like when I show up to work, it's like, yep, this is what I'm doing now. Right. Uh, which is kind of funny that a song about a job is just like, yep, you show up, you clock in and it's go time. And while the song clearly rocks and it's uh, played distorted and the structure and melody are really poppy, like not in a intro verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus way, but the vocals following the bass and the drums and the little sparse like guitar lead notes kind of flowing in and out. Uh, and like you were saying, the what am I supposed to do part where everything drops out and sounds like, honestly, that sounds like 80s pop more than I would have ever admitted to liking when the album came out. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. Like, like, I definitely have a chip on my shoulder concerning guitar bass bands from the 80s that didn't look like Motley Crue. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but for most of the song, there's this sadness. And then after it, after like uh, it all comes back up and it and it feels bigger and uh, you know the little guitar notes go from being little guitar notes to more prominent and it creates this like rising action which leads to another what am I supposed to do and when it all comes in after that dropout uh, this time it's so big and there's backing vocals and at this point the character like he sounds happier and so does the song. And the way it ends is very new romantic sounding. I know I just mentioned 80s stuff, but uh, I know when we had Al on the show, he talks about how much Russ loves the psychedelic furs. And honestly, anyone that follows Russ on any kind of social media will know how much he loves the psychedelic furs. And I right. think that really shows up at the end of this song that is a very like unconventional pop song from a structure standpoint, but also unconventional pop song because everything is distorted and it's loud as hell and it still sounds like good riddance. Yeah, I, I that's a really good kind of end point on there, is that it still sounds like good riddance, but when I first listened to it, I was like, it does not sound like good riddance, but it does. Like, it totally does. And it's just like, it's just a cool, poppy, head boppy jam. And yeah, man, it's a good one. It's a good one. It was definitely, it definitely lightened the mood after <laughs> last week's episode. And everything keeps changing. Keeping on Posse stuff, the second song we're going to talk about is called Just For Today. It's originally from uh, the first 7-inch, which is titled Gidget. It's from 1993. Russ, Luke, Devin Quinn on bass, and Rich McDermott on drums, produced by a dude named Joe Logston. Dan, what would you think of this one? So I do have some thoughts on it. Since it is the first song from Gidget, I didn't know if you maybe wanted to go first and drop a little knowledge oh, yeah. on it or well i mean i don't have a lot of knowledge to drop on it to be totally honest. okay gidget okay been, sure Gid gidget has been a ghost for me i think the only time i've ever actually seen a copy of it it was like in a frame in a record store in like buffalo or cleveland or philly or something and i you know, I was probably there for some show and I don't know if I had $40 or whatever to spend sure. on a seven inch, especially knowing that I was going to some, you know, show with 40 other people in a basement or whatever. And technically, like we went to a record store to go buy records, but also I never had any fucking money. So 
whatever. It's, it's fair. It's one of those like pick your battles kind of thing. But I don't know if I've ever held a Gidget 7-inch in my hands. I do know, though, that the songs on the 7-inch uh, and some of them some of them are re-recorded at different times, at least one. Uh, but this is like a, a weird legendary 7-inch for me. And I'm sure that there's some 45-year-old dude sitting at home being like, I bought this for $3 in 1993 and I don't give a shit. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and if you are that guy, send us a DM. I'll buy it from you. <laughs> That's perfect. So what do you think of the song just for today? So previously, I know I may or may not have been less kind with older Good Riddance jams, like demo tracks, I think, from a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, this this is not going to get the same treatment, though. So th- uh, this 7-inch comes out in, like, 93 and it's not only exactly what I uh, would have expected from punk in that era, uh, but it's also what I have wanted, like just getting into punk and just knowing that there's this underground thing other than uh, what I was exposed to. Uh, so like it's a uh, fast, like you said, it's a po- it's posy, you know, it's a positive, it has sing-alongs. Um, you know, the guitar is too quiet and the bass is too loud. And I mean that in the best way possible. Uh-huh. Like that's the, that's the kind of like punk stuff that I was like really drawn to in that uh, that time, like a couple of years later when I was really getting into it. And uh, while I previously rolled my eyes thinking like earlier demo stuff may have sounded like a high school band playing a battle of the bands. I'm pretty sure that's almost exactly what I <laughs> said about a previous song. Um, when that band breaks up and the kids, you know, take what they learned and start something newer and more focused. It's this. Like right. if this came out today, I may or may not be super into it, you know, as a band's first release. Yeah. Um, you know, but had I heard this when I was in high school, um, you know, right around that time when it came out, I would have been all over this. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like young at heart, young at mind, not going to waste my time. Start today. Sorry. I mean, there's too much at stake. Big start. I mean, I mutiny. From the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yeah. But I mean, but you can really hear, um, you know, the influence of something like this with a lot of the, the newer punk bands. Like you just said, Mutiny, um, you know, like that, like, would that have come out if it wasn't for this coming out in 93? And then yeah. we have bands like Lifetime that merge hardcore and, uh, in punk to you know whatever and then you know from that you your saves the day your newfound glory you know like it just it, you can really see how much like a song like this really could influence right up to where we are or were yeah. i guess 10 years ago but yeah sure <laughs> yeah the first thing i want to say about this is that russ's voice fucking rules uh, yes. I'm sure that I'm sure that listening to this now, he might disagree, but like not even the vocal delivery or the pattern or the notes or the melody or anything else. Just his voice sounds so unique, especially over a song like this. Um, the starts and stops that begin and end the song are so incredibly 1993. Yeah, but I love it. Uh, and oh, yeah. over the. I'm so happy you mentioned this. The wild overplaying of the bass. It's something that is thankfully not really a part of Good Riddance or any band that I can think of anymore. But it like just hearing that crazy bass line is nostalgia captured in a bass line. Just for today, though, it sounds like a type of punk that depending on 
where you're coming from or what you might already know could sort of cover different scenes, I think. Like the speed and the harmonies and the bass line sound like what a band in 1993 would sound like if they had heard Lagwagon or No Use for a Name or Strung Out and they really wanted to get signed to Fat Records. Um, you know, like, oh, like we love No Effects. We should play something that sounds like all those bands. And maybe that's part of what Good Riddance was doing. But on the other side of it, I think this could easily fit in with like early Youth Brigade or Seven Seconds. Like this song doesn't not sound like stuff on the crew. I agree. I agree with that latter statement more. I definitely got the um, Youth Brigade. Excellent. I didn't even think of that right away. But like Seven Seconds, even like Bad Religion stuff. Like, yeah, I got that right away. I agree with that for sure. It's it's just so yeah posy sounding which uh i know we talk about gorilla biscuits a lot and obviously for good reason but yeah this is (laughs) this is the first time where i've really thought about it and been like nah this sounds this is the most seven seconds i think good riddance has ever sounded if anything i think this song and uh, obviously a bunch more but this is a good riddance podcast so let's just say that just for today is the song that really bridges melodic hardcore with what would become known as the fat record sound. We're going to ignore Dag Nasty and the Descendants for right now. But this song, <laughs> like you were saying, is like could influence so many things and it really pulls a lot of stuff together. Here's where we get weird. Uh, okay. <laughs> I looked I looked up Devin Quinn to see what other projects he might have worked on. Uh, Devin Quinn is the bassist on this song and the bassline on this song, seriously. If, if you haven't listened to the song yet go to the playlist and seriously listen to it the baseline is fucking nuts anyway uh when you look up devin quinn on allmusic.com and you see what other projects he's worked on you will find something called zwerg it's spelled z-w-e-r-g uh devin quinn or at least someone named devin quinn is also credited (laughs) as playing drums not bass on an album called Whims and Words by Zwerg, uh, who appears to be from the province of New Brunswick in Canada, and he has some very heart-wrenching, folky songs about Larry the Lobster and the Northern Lights. Uh, If it's the same Devin Quinn, Dan, we have to get him on the pod. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Have to. Um, Yes. Seriously, I don't... The East Coast of Canada, for anyone listening outside of the East Coast of Canada or it, that's never visited the East Coast of Canada, it is technically it's uh, it's four provinces. But really, it is its own special area of the world that everyone should experience. Like, where else can you get away with singing a song, Larry the Lobster, but for adults? Anyway, uh, the producer is Joe Logston. His name looked familiar, and it's because he also worked with Pansy Division and Corduroy, who are a ton of fun, way more mm-hmm. fun than Zwerg. Um, as for the <laughs> lyrics, as for the lyrics of Just for Today, so posy, live for today, which is maybe why I keep associating it with Seven Seconds. And uh, Dan, what do you think of Zwerg? <laughs> so I need to listen to Zwerg. Um the name kind of threw me for a loop. I yeah, just jumped it's up. Zwerg. Yeah. <laughs> like, do we do we know what Zwerg means? I think it's the lead guy in the band's name. Okay. Like he goes, his name is like Zwerg 
Thompson or whatever. Oh, like that's his first name, not his last name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm, so I jumped on Discogs real quick and I oh. looked up Devin Quinn. The one that was in Good Riddance seems to have, according to Discogs, which is not the be all end all, seems to be uh, his only credits. He was on huh. Gidget, he was on the cassette, um, he was on the Outlaw cover that's on cover ups. And then right. obviously Capricorn won the singles and rarities. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're not one in the same. So uh looks like I have uh, some homework to do. If anyone out there is like a private investigator that is willing to work pro bono, or maybe for some last believer stickers um, or last wishes, I'm wearing my last wishes tank top today. I'm wearing um, my last wishes t-shirt right now. <laughs> maybe, maybe if someone can find Devin Quinn for us, we can, uh, sort them out and uh get them some stuff i mean yes let's let's i mean let's find devin quinn i want to talk about that bass solo it's a wacky yeah. bass line yes yeah, sorry i misspoke it is a wacky bass line can you imagine if there was an actual bass solo in this song that was wackier than that bass line no uh <laughs> i could not <laughs> and i mean it's you know and like when i was saying it was like the the best way possible i mean oh yeah you know, in terms of like wild bass lines that kind of come out of nowhere. Is there anyone better than Matt Freeman at doing that? All oh, those rancid God. songs. Come on, man. I mean, but I, honestly, I feel like we, I feel like we've, that's we've, ar- we've already like we've already like slobbered all over rancid before. I know from the yeah. we talked about Bay Area stuff, but yeah. Suicide Machines. I think whoever played bass for them crushed it as often as possible. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of bassists in punk bands, when they get that one moment to shine really go for it and Mm. i respect that you you know what i think it really is too i think a lot of it is for like ska punk bands so you your suicide machines you're against all authorities uh john and the flatliners amazing bass player you know like it's uh Yeah. yeah like they all have like these really good you know not that they're a ska band anymore but like yeah i i I think it's really like the the reggae ska influence of the bass players that will just you know it's like oh i'm just gonna take a walk real quick during this song but yeah i i really liked it i I think that i I don't want to say necessarily that was the high point of the song for me but i listened to that song probably a good dozen times and i was like sounds so good it sounds like it's bad production but it's exactly what i wanted I don't know if that makes sense, but yeah. Yeah, like, if you bought this 7-inch, you would be looking forward to the full length. Yes. Yeah, and I would be stoked even today if I bought it as a 7-inch not knowing. Be like, oh, a band from 93? Sick. song we're going to talk about this week is think of me for real this time from a comprehensive guide to modern rebellion sean chuck luke russ ryan green is the producer dan did you know this one going into this week uh i want to say yes um it really sounded familiar and like obviously i've listened to this record it's one of like the few that i had taken in a bunch um so it definitely sounded familiar i really really like the melody of the hook and that little mini breakdown bridge that's in the song. Um, but I can assure you that while I had heard this song before and had listened to it forever ago, 
I never really took in the lyrics until I was taking it in for this. And like Russ really nails love songs. Like he yeah. really he really nails love songs. And, you know, may, maybe he and I are cut from the same hopeless romantic cloth. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, he really nails it. And like I read this and it hit me. You know, it's just it, it really it, it hit different. Um, reading my notes before we logged in. I would prefer not to go into them at this point because I was sure. like, it it kind of, well, I shouldn't say it like that. So it, it kind of hit me in a point where I was just really kind of reflecting on um, like past relationships and how, you know, in hindsight, you think something's good and when it ends or like, or you take something for granted and you kind of want to be like, oh, I need that person back in my life. But I mean, really thanks to like good friends therapy and medication, hindsight is twenty twenty. And I can look now and being like, I'm in a good place now. Things yeah. were whatever back then. So I'm going to not go as deep into the uh, as vulnerable as I was when I wrote all these notes. This this was, uh, yeah, I really don't want to start gushing on the pod. Like, it's bad enough that I probably say shit I shouldn't say. But uh, no, this, this, was a, this was a good one. And again, like that melody of the hook just crushed it. And I, I listened to it right before we jumped on the call. And I was like... This is a good one. Like, this is, he just, again, he nails love songs. He's a really good love songwriter. Okay. Before I get into any of the notes that I made about this, are yeah. you saying that because last week when everyone was sharing that meme of you were one of these four guys in the 90s, uh, you were clearly Russ? Is that what makes you think that you are cut from you the know same what? cloth? That, <laughs> that really <laughs> didn't, uh, didn't cross my mind. But uh, yeah, I guess that just adds to the case of you saying you're you're Chuck and I'm uh, I'm Russ. If that's the equation, I mean he's wearing a hockey jersey in the photo. You know, <laughs> I honest in my head it was a basketball jersey, but either way, it's like it still works. Um, you know, yeah, I still had the uh, the maybe a little bit of a spiky hair at some point, and yeah, yeah, as it fits. Yeah, no, this, yeah. So yeah, I'm not gonna talk about all the growth I've done as a person. All I can say is the song was fun. <laughs> this was a yeah, fun one. Great. It's, yeah. great. I think the production on this song really leaps out for me. Uh, the wash of guitars at the start before we actually leap into the song is like, it's so weird and cool. And it's such a cool addition to the song, especially where think of me lands in the track listing on the record too. comprehensive guide has 17 songs on it. And so uh, this lands uh, somewhere towards like middle end, like the middle of side two. And so having that weird echoey guitar wash before the riff actually kicks in sort of breaks up the record a little bit, which is, mm -hmm. I don't know, I think that's pretty cool. Also, that whole thing that I just said will be lost on anyone young enough to have never had to fast forward through stuff or skip <laughs> tracks on a CD. Um, what a world. Anyway, uh, <laughs> also something to note is that on um, Remain in Memory on the live record, the live recording of Think of Me, they skip that guitar washy part live. They just oh, kind of count in. They just kind of count in and, and jump straight in. And uh, again, in the pre-show re-listen, which I like to do, uh, and I listen to the live versions if live versions exist legally at this point. Uh, I haven't been on LimeWire in forever, but I try to listen to all <laughs> forms of the song that are available. And yeah, I picked up that it really, it jumps straight into it and it makes perfect sense in a live setting. 
because to jump straight into it, like immediately the song sounds more urgent. Um, but yeah, so I, sorry, I got lost there. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, when the song kicks in, the bass and drums jump out at you, even though the melody is aggressive and it's very catchy. Uh, the verse is just as sing along as the chorus. Like, <laughs> yeah, by the, by the time the second verse has come, you sort of know how it's going. You're totally into it. Uh, all the way through this song, I keep getting excited about everything Sean is doing on drums. And that is how I came across that dude. Uh, Kyle, Kevin from Australia. The I think it's guy. Kai. I think it's Kyle. K-Y-E. Kai? I don't know. Oh, I'll... it might be Kai. We'll, we'll figure it hey, out for the notes. We're going to link to him. I swear, like, we're getting your name wrong, but I swear we're going to send, like, 8 to 12 viewers your way, dude. <laughs> It'll all be worth it. Also, the bridge and breakdown, again, leaving it open, there doesn't need to be vocals over everything. And I wonder if in the demoing of the album, there was a version of the song where maybe there was something being sung over that bridge breakdown part. Oh. It sounds like it, it would fit, but they left it open and I'm totally cool that they left it open, but I would love to hear the demo version of like what weird creative spoken word thing fits in with this set of lyrics. I think you need to highlight that for when we finally get one of the members on the pod and ask them. Yeah, I'll, I want to save it. I want to get Mario Reza, their merch guy. That's Oh, the, okay. Uh, I mean, I want every member of Good Riddance to want to take part in this. Um, sure. But I think getting Mario Reza, the merch guy, to come and talk about Good Riddance would kind of be like a, a the cherry on top of this pod. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, the last time through the chorus, <laughs> we're, we're talking about a song, right? The last time through the chorus, <laughs> there's, there's a clean-ish guitar lead, which... Again, like I was saying with Shame, uh, I now hear as a real new romantic influence that, especially when the record came out, I would have never thought of it as such. Um, And and yeah, these lyrics in Think of Me, they're equal parts sad and hopeful. There's no overwrought metaphors or similes. It's just kind of like a state of the union or lack thereof. You know, lines like Mm -hmm. you're my right direction. It's just so simple. It's so obvious in this song, but... It just fits so perfectly. Uh, All these lyrics, or at least the subject matter in Think of Me, could be written off as just whatever love song. But then there's lines like, I try to keep my chin up, but it's so hard to let you go. It sounds to me too honest to be trying Mm -hmm. too hard. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it reads like an an actual conversation. And I think that's really, like, that's that's a strong thing to be able to pull off especially as we mentioned every time we talk about this record they were all just really figuring out what the band was going to be at this point yeah like this is still pretty early on um i did think it was pretty interesting because you had brought up it's a break in the record which it is yeah you know records back then obviously had a lot more songs on them right so and and then in my head right away i was like oh you know, uh, listen to the record. Maybe they did it kind of like as a live set. And then you're like, oh, but when they play it live, they kind of skip that and just go right into the song. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe there goes that theory. But uh, yeah, it was very interesting. Wow. Philly Cheesesteak is having a great night. Yeah. Fucking dick. Shut <laughs> Whatever. He's a guest on the pod. Why are you throwing oh. pieces of paper at our guests? Come on. Uh, because he's like a dog and he'll play fetch with me. 
that's what we got about all these songs. Dan, did we get any listener questions this week? You want me to find a quiz real quick? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Dan, have you got a random number generator ready to go? Do I? No, I'm actually oh, yeah, asking. Was, do I? Yeah, no, there was, it is. I mean, okay. I was asking you. Yeah. All right. All let's right. see. Let's see how this goes. Uh, for the loyal listeners, um, you may not realize that I do some editing on this show. And uh, <laughs> as we go on, it gets harder and harder to get three numbers in a row of songs that we have yet to cover. So yeah. uh, what you're about to hear might sound like 30 seconds on the actual pod, <laughs> but might take us eight to 12 minutes to sort out. So Dan, so, yeah. what numbers What numbers do we have this week? This is a great question. I was actually thinking this week and uh, I might try and find at like uh, once things open up again from like um, a thrift store, like one of those old uh, little bingo rollers and literally just put the numbers in that we haven't done and just do it ah. that way so that we don't keep uh, tripping up over ourselves. So I'm going to I'm going to take a look. Maybe there's something online I can find or whatever. But uh uh, our first number is 89. 89. I feel like it's been done, but... Oh, 89 has not been done. That's a paying to the Enlightenment, which is uh, from the album Bound by Ties of Blood and Affection. Amazing title. Yeah. Uh, what is our next number? The next one is 155. Huh. What number did I make 155 on this thing? I don't know. Number 155 is uh, Good Riddance's cover of Feel Their Pain by Instead. Ooh. Do you know that uh, band at all? Uh, I don't know that song off the top of my head, but yes, I do know Instead. You're going to lose your goddamn mind. <laughs> What's our third number? Uh, 114. 114 is the song Grace and Virtue from the album Peace in Our Time. And here's a weird little note about all the songs from Peace in Our Time that we've done so far. Yeah. They've all been in order. Oh, really? So, so we have done tracks two, three, four, and next week five from Peace in Our Time. It's Hey, man, it's the luck of the draw, I suppose. Seems like. Dan, if anyone wants to give us any feedback on anything we've said this week that was incorrect or poorly informed how do they do that uh excellent question uh again like i just want to reiterate we do love hearing from you so don't hesitate to reach out uh constructive criticism concerns questions you want to talk about things we may have gotten wrong uh shoot us an email lastbelieverpod at gmail.com um, also on Instagram, if you don't feel like an email is the most appropriate way to do it, you can just slide into those DMs if you want to chat about something. Uh, yeah. Um, so while you're doing that too, again, like and subscribe would be fantastic. Drop a five-star review. Could just be one word such as? Pain. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that could really help, uh, help people uh, find us, you know, just from boosting us up in the uh, quote unquote charts. Uh, but more than that, just because we are DIY and um, the way we would love to spread the word about the pod is uh, just telling a friend who might want to hear us uh, talk about some old punk stuff and go down uh, memory lane. Last and not least though, again, we do have a Patreon. 
patreon.com slash last believer pod some cool stuff coming down the pipeline um and again we're doing this to recoup costs not to make money uh, and if again if there's ever a surplus we'll talk to uh the donators and see you know what makes the most sense in terms of uh passing that on thanks again for listening my name is josh lindley next week we're going to be talking about pain to the enlightenment we're going to be talking about feel their pain which i am so stoked about and we're going to be talking about grace and virtue also very excited we haven't been given the explicit okay from fat records or good riddance or any other record labels uh, affiliated to do all this and no one has told us to stop yet so uh thanks everybody uh <laughs> next week we'll be back uh anything at all hit us up and thanks a lot for listening you are the one i'm waiting for this